That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and we're in hot Atlanta tonight to get dirty with the birds, the Atlanta Falcons. I hope you're all excited. Let's get it going. It's time for TSS Fantasy. Rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got planted. That's what it is. This court is adjourned. It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station. I'm here to save the fantasy roster. And it's time for TSS Fantasy! All right, let's get this thing started. We are excited to be in Hot Atlanta tonight. Let's get the intros going. Welcome to the studio, Justin Jesus Herrera. So, guys, today I've decided to be a little creative with it. I am now on location in the nightmares of every Falcons fan. <laughs> this is what they this is what they go to bed thinking about during football season. We were so damn close. It was the third quarter. Two minutes left. <laughs> wow. Wow. He's got the laugh even going tonight. This guy has been evil in this whole tour for the NFC South. I can't believe it. Judge Jordan, welcome in the studio. Hey, man. I, I feel like Justin's just doing, you know, what he can to compensate for the loss of Flanders. We haven't had him around to, you know, naysay on every fan base. So we need that guy on the team. But, you know, I'll preach some positivity. Let's go, Dirty Birds. I think the Falcons are the only team with a bird in the NFL I like in the first place. So, yeah, let's go. Maggie T said old news, Justin. That's old news. They ain't worried about that no more. We're on to new things. All right. Well, if you're looking for some fantasy advice, go to tssfantasy.com. You can check out all of our latest and greatest rankings. Also, go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. We'll double that deposit up to $100. Ooh-wee. Nothing like some free cash. Also, go to Jazz Sportsbook. We lots, like I said, lots of promos there, and they're different every week, so I can't keep up with it. Just use the promo code TSS, and there'll be some kind of hookup, I promise. And also, don't forget, if you're looking for some championship bling for your fantasy uh, champion, go to, um, I can't even remember, Pro-Am Belts. They got all the latest and greatest for your championship bling. All right, fellas, I'm going to bid you adieu. By the way, Lock and Sports said that's big facts. That's old news. We're gonna go. We're gonna bid you adieu. We're gonna say hello to the doc, and we'll be. We'll see you guys here in the third segment. We'll be back. The doctor is in. We're in hot Atlanta tonight. We're talking about. Atlanta Dirty Bird Falcons. Welcome in, Doc. Let's what's up on the house call. Hey, thank you much. So we can't talk about the Falcons without starting with my boy Kyle Pitts. So he had a disappointing sophomore season, right? Playing in just 10 games before that grade two 
MCL sprain, and subsequent November surgery ended his season. So again, MCL runs north-south from the inside of the knee to stabilize it, and that shut him down after that November surgery. The story is that he's expected to be fully recovered from that injury and ready for week one. So even though he only played 10 games last season, he didn't miss a game as a rookie. We're going to give Kyle Pitts 55% of the bench. Moving on to Drake London. He played all 17 games as a rookie. That's our only data point. So we're going to call him 5% of the bench. And I'm hoping we get to see his skill set showcased a little bit more this season than last. And lastly, Bijan Robinson. So he was the number eight pick in the draft. We don't have any NFL data to go by on him, except for a 2021 elbow dislocation that ended his season at Texas. There's nothing meaningful on him. So it's tough to predict injury risk with this guy. Accordingly, we're going to go with the NFL running back average of 62%. He misses one game this season. I love it. Going back to the average. I haven't heard that one all summer, man. I love it. Going back to it. Listen, Bijan's going to be their workhorse, so it's certainly possible he could be seeing that bench a little bit this year. All right. Well, Doc, we appreciate you closing out the NFC South. We'll see you next week. We're going to the AFC North. See you then, Doc. All right, I see in the comments already. They're like, "Where are all the the Falcon fans at?" They ain't trying to see the doc. Where all where all my people at? All right, let's bring in the Falcons fans. So let's bring this puppy going. Let's our see. next stop on our summer tour, we welcome you to Atlanta, where the players play. Get ready for the dirty birds of the Atlanta Falcons. Let's go, Dirty Birds. Here we go. All right. Well, let's go in order here from my left, you could say. Ladarius Brown, welcome into the studio, my friend. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing great. Appreciate you being here. Excited to bring it for you tonight. Blackberry L.A. Rex, welcome into the studio, my friend. That's Blackberry L.A. Rex, home team, home team. Y'all know what time it is. Let's get, it, let's get to it. Let's get it done. Let's get it. Appreciate you. Coach, welcome into the studio, my friend. What's up? What's up? What's up? Let's get this thing started, man. It's time to do it now. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Keith, friend of the show, been here quite a few times. We welcome you back in. Welcome, my friend from Fantasy and Frames. What's going on, man? Ready to talk uh, the team that has brought me some joy and a lot of heartbreak over 30 plus years. But I do want to say that Falcons fans are the best. We get a bad rap. You look at all, you know, we've been put through over the years. You know, everybody talks Super Bowl. We had the NFC title game in 2012. Harry's, Harry Douglas got tripped. Mm. And we keep coming back for more. They're, they're good fans. They're there. Uh, and I think they get a really unfair rap. You know, a lot of people say they're, you know, fair weather, whatever. The Falcons fans I know in my life are true to the team. And hopefully one day we will get that Super Bowl win. But until that, we'll stay behind our team. We're loyal, man. Listen, I'm going to say this. Anytime I've taken a, uh, you know, I have a little cabin up in the mountains and, you know, every time there's an Atlanta game or something, I'm stuck on the on the highways. I don't know what you're talking about, fair weather. I feel like they're always got Atlanta fans going on. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get it started. We were just talking about, you know, we're talking about last season, right? We got to start with that. We I don't want to take too much time on it because it's not as depressing as I started to look at it. You guys finished seven and ten. You were fourth in the NFC South, but you just had the tiebreaker uh, with the Saints. 
Offensively, this is where a little bit of the struggle was, but points per game, they had you 15th in the league overall, which wasn't too shabby. Yards per game, 24th in the league, 318.6. Passing yards per game, 31st in the league. That's obviously where the struggle was, 158.8. Rush yards per game, though, that's, of course, the silver lining. Second in the league, 159.9. And it gets even juicier this year. We know that. Defensively, a bit of a struggle, right? So points per game, 22.7. That puts you 21st in the league. Yards against 36.2. Excuse me, 306.2. Excuse me, 362.1. I can't spit it out. 26th in the league. Passing yards per game, 231.9. That puts you at 25th. Rush yards per game, 130.2. That puts you at 23rd. So a lot of 20s in the defensive stats. Obviously, that's kind of the bugaboo of this team a little bit. Offensively, though, not too shabby. Got a little bit to build on. Let's go to Ladarius. I'll go to you first. We'll work it around the room. Three words or less. Sum up last year and expand on it for me. Sure. Oh, boy. I had some time to think about it. I'm going to say really close calls. Um, To me, when I look at this team last year, 7-10, and I could make a case we could have been 9-8, and maybe even 10-7. and if you if you go back to Marcus Murray, we played the Rams through that. I don't know interception to I guess somebody was open in the middle of the field. I don't know who it was. And you had with the Chargers game, we had down the field, we had kind of had that game as well. I just think with this kind of team, it was just a lot of youth and a lot of close calls that could have made the difference between maybe contending and winning the NFC South as opposed to tying and going seven and ten. All right, yeah, love it. I, I I love it. All right, let's go. Let's go next. Um, oh, let's go. Lock and Sports says fifteenth is in the middle of the pack and second in running, last passing. Jeesh, <laughs> I feel you there, absolutely. All right, let's go to Black Blackberry. You're up next, my friend. Give me three words or less and expand on it for me. Building the foundation. Um, this what we're doing with this regime that we have now under Arthur Smith and uh, General Manager Terry Fontenot is building a foundation that we can rely on that's going to be solid for now and for the future. We saw that with the running game. We saw that with the offensive line and the way that they're building uh, solid defensive uh, fronts being second in the NFL in second halves and allowing points all season with 7.9 points a game uh, in the second half. That's building the foundation. I like it. Building the foundation. That's how you build championship teams. I love it. Coach, what say you, my friend? Three words or less. Expand on it for me. Last year. Okay. That's my three words. (laughs) Check it out. (laughs) This team here has done something we haven't seen in a long time. We improved on defense dramatically. And with that being said, we know the offense can score. We know that already. So this defense is going to do a lot more to stop the game. So this run game is going to be very, very dangerous now because we can stop teams in their tracks now. So what else we got to say about it? Go Birds. Uh, I like it. Let's get it fired <laughs> up. All right, let's go, Key. Let's talk. Give me three words or less for last year and expand on it for me. Uh, we're in a rebuild. Um, this team – Really, if you look at it, it's phenomenal what Arthur Smith has done the last two years. Talent-wise, 
there wasn't a lot there. And to go seven and 10 the last two years with, let's be honest, a Matt Ryan that was washed. I didn't want to say that, but we saw an Indy last year. He just, you know, his time had came. Ryan was great, but he was over the hill. And then last year to win seven games with Mariota at QB. I mean, he, he only 59% of his passes to our star tight end were catchable. I mean, he was horrible. He was 33rd in money throws, 31st in completion percentage. Yet we still went seven and 10. And I love what this front office is doing because I think TD put this team in a terrible position by missing draft after draft on guys. Hmm. And there's been a change. And I really do see an uptick in this. I believe Arthur Smith is a really good head coach. I'm hopeful that Desmond Ritter is going to be I think he just needs to be an above-average QB, and this offense is going to be electric this year. And the questions are the defense, and that's fair. But what I like to see is we're making better draft picks. They're doing better free agent signings. We're building a team with an identity, which we really haven't had in a long time. We're a team that runs the ball. We know how we're going to try to win games. And, you know, I think one of the other guys said we were in almost every game, which look at the roster. I mean, we only had Cal Pitts for 10 games. Our only other receiver was Drake London, period. Uh, not a lot of talent up front. We got no pass rush. Grady Jarrett was basically our only real force in the front four. But yet we were in games. And I think that's a combination of coaching and guys, you know, improving as the year went on. And I, I really do. I'm as hopeful as a Falcons fan as I've been in a long time. Uh, just with the process and seeing what this team is trying to accomplish and do. And they're doing a good job of building a team for the future, but also being competitive, which is just, you know, you can't ask for anything more as a fan. Absolutely. And listen, I mean, like you, you guys, coach mentioned it, kind of a little segued a little bit already to it. Guys, we talked about what was already. Let's talk about what is going into this season there was some great additions to that defense that we said struggled last year. Jesse Bates, a safety, has come over. Calais Campbell. I mean, and offensively, I, I was jokingly put Matt Collins in there a little bit, but Matt Collins actually played for he played for America's team, the Miami Dolphins. And I got to tell you, man, I like him. I like Matt Collins. I like his effort. I like the way he plays. You did also add John New Smith as well, so you could go nice double tight end set as well. So, again, lots of exciting stuff going on with this Atlanta uh, offense and defense, actually. Subtractions, Marcus Mariota. Mm, okay. Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> Oliver. I drove him to the airport, just so you know. Addition no. by subtraction is what they say. Um, I, Isaiah Oliver gone at cornerback. An Olamani. <laughs> Zaikis, wide receiver, longtime Atlanta uh, Falcons gone as well. All right, let's talk about the draft. Bijan Robinson, obviously the first pick, running back out of Texas. Uh, pick number two, good as well. Matthew Bergeron, excuse me, offensive tackle from Syracuse. You got Zach Harrison, edge rusher from Ohio State in round three. Round four, Clark Phillips, uh, cornerback out of Utah. And two round seven picks, DeMarco Halams, the safety from Alabama, and Jovan Gwynn, guard out of South Carolina. So, again, we already talked about what was. Let's talk about what is. Keith, I'll start with you. Let's go opposite order. Tell me what's going to go on with these Atlanta Falcons this year. Give me a prediction. Tell me why. Well, we're going to be very good offensively. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, again, it's going to depend how good on Desmond Ritter, but – 
I don't think enough was talked about that he made four starts at the end of the year. He did not throw an interception. He seemed to get better in each and every game. What I like about him is he reminds me a little bit of a Dak Prescott in the mold that he's mobile. Uh, he won in college at a program that had never won at that rate. So he's a winner. He's a leader. You know that. Everything we've heard from the front office, his teammates, et cetera, they believe in him. I'm most excited to see that he has bulked up tremendously because that's my biggest concern about him was he was kind of frail. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to be able to run the ball. We know that. Arthur Smith, I mean, it's unbelievable what we have done in his tenure here. First year, we bring in Cordell Patterson. He's not even a running back. He has 1,000 yards. He's a pro bowler. Last year, we draft a six-rounder, Tyler Algier. He busts 1,000 yards and really didn't even see significant snaps the last third of the season. Drake London was a great pick. I think that you're going to see London with a better quarterback really develop. But it's all about Cal Pitts this year. I, I, I'm just trying to tell people. I'm shocked, and I get it for fantasy value. I know people are hurt. I was hurt. I was the biggest guy pumping that Cal Pitts train last year. And it was a bad year, but it was Marcus Mariota. It was not Cal Pitts. Pitts, he was, despite playing 10 games and having Marcus Mariota, second in target share, first in air yards, first in air yard rate, first in average cushion for tight end. 59% of his passes were catchable. 59. So basically 5.9 out of every 10. He could even catch, get his hands on. He was first at tight end and deep to targets, unrealized air yards. He played 10 games. He is going to have a monster year. You look at what happened with Drake London when he went from Mariota to Ritter. His four games with Ritter, or excuse me, yeah, with Ritter, he had 36 targets, 25 receptions, 300 yards. His top two games for receiving, both with Ritter. With Mariota in 13 games, he only had 47 receptions. So he had more than half of his receptions in the four games without Mariota and over a third of his receiving yards. And this is no disrespect to London because I think London's a great player, but Pitts is a difference maker. I think he's going to have a monster year, especially when we're going to be able to run the ball like crazy with Patterson, Robinson, Algier. And I can't wait to see what Arthur Smith does with this offense because I think we're going to see actually one wide receiver, two tight ends, and they're going to have some combination of two of those backs on the field at the same time. We know Cordell Patterson is a great receiving back. B. John Robinson was a great receiving back in college. I can't wait for all that. Having said that, I'm very worried about the defense. I still am. I like the moves that they made. I still think we should have taken Jalen Carter with the pick. I, it's nothing against B. John Robinson. It's just I think Carter would have made a bigger difference to this team. And more importantly, running back is a position not a value, especially for this team that, again, we had Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, who nobody knew who they were, basically have Pro Bowl years in this offense. But – we're past that. It is what it is. We just need to hope the defense can do a little. The offense, though, is going to be great, and I'm very, very excited to see all these super talented guys on the field at the same time. They're huge. I mean, Bijan's a big dude. Obviously, Pitts and London are massive. It's going to be mismatched galore. And Janu Smith's a big target, too. I just think we're going to be able to cause a lot of problems for defenses this year. I love it. Keith's got no ill will on that draft pick, you can tell. All right, Coach, what say <laughs> you, my friend? Give me a prediction about this season. Tell me why. Um, This season here, I say no less. This is my own personal. 12 games, at least 12 games this year. However, it depends on health. The health is going to be very important. If we can stay healthy, we will get to that point. 
But anything, you know, anything can happen. However, the person who will be more important in this team, I still think, is going to be the run game. Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts, yes. He's going to get his, his targets. But this run game is going to dictate this whole league because we're going to slow the game down. We're going to control the game. We don't want to throw the ball to him. He's going to probably, what, 30 passes? He got a lot of people to share that ball with. So Kyle's going to get his number. He's going to get his catches, whatever, but he's not going to be the main target on this offense. I think everybody's going to be a main target myself because who are you going to stop? You can't double-team everybody. If you double-team Kyle, somebody else is open. So anything that happens to this team here, man, it's going to be all a team effort. It ain't going to be just a one-person effort. So, But the defense is going to be probably the most – Impressive defense we've seen in a long time in, in Atlanta. I think with the addition of the coach, Brian Nelson, and bringing David Ademont, people don't realize this kid here, if you look at film on this kid, he is, I, I'm not going to call him Jalen Carter, but he's, he's a Jalen Carter type player. He's very disruptive in the pass rush. And um, bringing, also bringing his teammate, his ex-teammate, uh, Caden Ellis in, man, it's going to be dangerous because this our defense right now, it's pretty much sought because they know how to help these other guys who don't know this defense get used to this defense faster than it was that they just came in off off the streets or whatever. So Atlanta's going to be a team to be reckoned with this year. So people beware. Jump on this wagon right now. Like I said the other day, we're heading west. Nevada, here we come. Coaches, Super Bowl for this Atlanta Falcons team. Well, all right, Blackberry, what do you say, my friend? Where, where, what, give me a prediction. Are you as bold as coach to say Super Bowl, Nevada? I am. I'm as bold to say that that's the goal. I'm as bold to say that that's why our head coach is expecting us to be fighting towards come January because he said it himself, plans on playing 20 to 21 games. So I'm bold enough to say it because my coach bold enough to say it. And because I see what this team is doing, I'm right along with Coach. I see this team winning up to – I think they could win up to 14 games. If I'm being practical, I, I'm right along with Coach somewhere around 12. Um, I'm talking defense. And defense, baby, is what I'm talking. Because this team was second in the league. I mentioned this before. They were – no, I, I take that back. They were first in the league the in second half defense only giving up 7.9 points a game that's something that's going under the radar here that doesn't get talked about much and when you include when you think about the acquisitions that we have on this defense now Kalias Campbell uh David Onyemata we got big Eddie Goldman in the middle of course Jesse Bates we got some quality picks and guys like Hart Phillips the third who is a pick six waiting to happen a pick six waiting to happen. And I think a guy like Jerry Gray, who we got um, from Green Bay, he can tap into this young secondary. He can tap into the potential of a guy like Jeff Okuda, who was picked in the first round right along with A.J. Terrell. He can, he can, you know, bar he stay healthy, like Coach said. Bar he stay healthy, Jeff Okuda, Jerry Gray just might be the, the cornerback whisperer for Jeff Okuda along with some other guys like Mike Hughes. So when I look at the interior pressure that we should be able to get throughout the entire game and not just in second halves where we were the best defense in football, we can now transition a lot of that from the second half to the first half. And, baby, and baby it's going to be 
all day, sack day in Atlanta, baby. Ooh, Trust me. Brian Nelson going to do that. The Dirty Birds are fired up tonight. All right, Ladarius, are you are you Super Bowl bound? What do you say, my friend? Listen, I, I'm not going to go against the coach. I'm not. It's it's a first believer. I'm not going to go against the coach. You run it laps. I don't want to run laps because at, at this rate, I might pull something. So I'm not going to run any. So when I look at this team, I, those are very reasonable expectations. And here's the thing: when I look at this offense. It kind of it feels positionless, but this position by name. When you look at Bijan Robinson, Bijan, he's a running back by name, but Bijan may necessarily be in the backfield. You're going to see Bijan line up on the outside. You're going to see possibly more than likely Algiers going to probably be the guy in the backfield, thousand yard rusher. A lot of people tend to forget that. Exactly. And and I look at you know we talked about Kyle Pitts at nauseum, but his importance to this offense. To me, I've, I, I've said this many times, he's a wide receiver in tight ends clothing. He he has the athleticism. If he's healthy, listen, we I think the Dodd talked about it. We talked about it here. He missed seven games. And imagine him fully healthy. We could be having a different conversation about the Falcons last year. But when he went out, you know, it, things kind of – we were still in it, but things kind of, you know, like I mentioned earlier, close calls and things of that nature. But – to me, the X factors are I look at Desmond Ritter and I look at our, our defense coordinator, Ryan Nielsen. To me, I, I'm pro Desmond Ritter. I hear a lot of talk like, oh, Desmond may not be. No, I like what I saw from Desmond Ritter the last four games. I think that was enough tape for me to say we could have a shot. Desmond Ritter does not have to be Patrick Mahomes. He does not have to be a guy. He's not going to listen. He's not going to get four. He may not, he, he's not going to be a 5,000, 4,000 yard passer. Like, if, if you're looking for that, then I can't help you. I, I don't know why. <laughs> but but to me, Jesse Ritter, for you, is kind of another sport here. He's kind of, he's the point guard. And he has a lot of – he's driven the ball. You got Pitts. You got London. You got Bijan. And then you got Algier. And then – and to talk about this draft, I really love the pick of Bergeron, Bergeron yes. from Syracuse. I really love that pick because it addressed an imminent need I felt. I feel like he could probably more than likely he may be a guard. He may shift to left guard depending on, but I think he's going to be a starter on that offensive line. This is a top 10 offensive line. And to this point with all this defense, I feel like, like Harper, I mean, the way he slipped in value and Terry Fontenot just grabbed him. I, I, I just, there's a lot of optimism and it's fair because a let's face the facts. We're in the NFC South. So this division, you know, I feel like we have the talent to get this, to win this division. And listen, why not? I've always said, why not have that run? Yep. Because because the reality is, hey, we have the pieces. If that defense can just be, take that next step, like it kind of, we showed signs of last year. I mean, this, I mean, double digit wins is not out of the realm of possibility and even beyond. You know, to this point, I'm going I'm to go with coach and we're going to head west and we, you know, we're going to go to Nevada. So, I got to hook up with coach and listen. Why not? This roster is good enough, and it's the NFC. So why, why not? The Dirty South might as well call it a Dirty Southwest, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> they are on their way. All right, listen. We got. I want y'all to keep all this big game energy, right? Because we're gonna go fantasy quiz show Falcons mm-hmm. edition. I'm gonna ch- test your Falcons knowledge. Let's go, Ladarius Blackberry on one side. 
Coach and Keith on the other. This amounts to fantasy, like family feud, basically. You'll have your top answers on the board. You'll once, I'll basically have you go against each other, like Darius and Coach will be first. I'll ask the first question. Whoever shouts out the highest answer will get control for their team. You will have three strikes. If you get the three strikes, the other team gets a chance to steal. Pretty easy, beasy. We're going to test that knowledge tonight. Let's get it. It's time for the Fantasy Quiz Show. There seems to be no sign of intelligence. It's the Fantasy Quiz Show. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a long game. Not going to be a long game tonight because we got Falcons experts in the building tonight. Let's get it started. Like I said, Ladarius and Coach, you are against each other first. Here we go. Top five answers on the board. Here is your question. I'm going all time Atlanta history. I'm looking for your rush yard leaders. Gerald Riggs. Gerald Riggs. Gerald Riggs is the number one answer, Ladarius. Great I'm looking, job there. I'm looking for a button. I forgot you said you showed out. I was about to go like this. I'm like, like, oh, shit. No, no, wrong so, go. Yo, Coach, you know, it's funny you say that because I usually lead in and say, I don't have any fancy buzzers. I, <laughs> I said it tonight or reminded you. My bad. All right, gotcha. Derek, you got it. Uh, number one all time is Riggs. He's uh, 6,631. 6, you guys got control. So, uh, Blackberry, you're up next. What do you got? Michael Turner. Michael Turner. Easy breezy lemon squeezy. You guys are going right down the list. Number two, Michael Turner, 6,081. Ladarius, back to you. Uh, I'm going to go Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn is num- Warwick Dunn number four on this list. He is 5,000. 981 blackberry back to you um williams uh what is Mar- something with we- maurice williams maurice williams what's that <laughs> could be mrs williams no williams on the list my friend ladarius up to you he knows who it is uh let's see i'm gonna go I'm going to go Michael Vick. Michael Vick. (laughs) I thought it was a smart guess, but not on this list. All right, Blackberry, you got one strike left here. Got it? Jamal Anderson. Jamal Anderson. funny because you know i saw ladarius do the dirty bird when he said it and that's the first thing i did when i saw his name i was like (laughs) this goes naturally together you gotta do it exactly (laughs) ladarius there is uh you got one strike and there's only one answer left and you seal the deal oh boy 
I'm running out of running Falcons running backs here. Uh, I'm going to take a punt. I'm going to say TJ Duckett. TJ Duckett. Stop it. Get some help. It, <laughs> it, it kind of sounded like Ladarius said, fuck it. All right, coach, yeah. you, you and Keith got a chance to Can steal. we talk about it or you do we just have talk? To... Yes, that's okay to it's talk. Andrews, right, coach? Gerald Riggs. No, it's William Andrews, right? Gerald Riggs. Daryl Riggs. Hey, Riggs out there. He said Riggs. He said He was number one all time. William Andrews, he, he said right? Riggs, yeah, William Andrews then, yes. He did say Riggs the first one. So, William Andrews yeah. to steal it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I knew it was William something. Shit. That's it's, that's it's, Mark, it's Marcus Williams. That, that's, how, that's what happens when you get the old heads together. They can pull out the old school names on you. All right, so let's go to round number two. Good job, Coach and Keith. You're up 1-0. It's Blackberry against Keith. Question number two and top five answers on the board. I'm going to steal all-time Falcons history but I'm going a winning percentage, and I want to know all time who are the teams you have the best winning percentage against. Years? The teams, teams, the best Correct. winning percentage oh. against. Correct. Okay. Um, let's go, Carolina Panthers. The Panthers. They are on this list. They are number two at 35 and 21 all time with a 625 winning percentage. Uh, that means, however, Blackberry, you got a chance to steal if you can get the number one answer. Hmm. I'm going to say the Chicago Bears. The Bears? All right, Keith, you guys got control. Coach, we'll go to you. You got number two already with the Panthers. Who else you got? I couldn't think. That's a tough one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Indianapolis Colts. The Colts. Not on the list. Keith, what do you say? Uh, let's stay in the division. And let's go the Saints. They were awful for a long time. The Saints. We're real close now. They're tired right now. Close, no cigar. Coach, there's a lot of meat on his bone. Can you take a nibble? You got one strike left. Jesus Christ. <laughs> L.A. Rams. I'm the Rams. The Rams. I'm just going to say the Rams. Huh? They've been everywhere. Well, Darius and Blackberry, there's a lot of meat here. You guys can talk amongst yourselves. You can take a bite here. Ladarius, I'm thinking the Texans. You're thinking the Texans? Could be one of them. Yeah. Because, see, for some reason, I I had lines in my head for some reason. Um, So, you know what? Are you confident about Texans? You confident? Yes, I'm confident. Okay, so we'll so we're roll Houston. I've right. seen them hey. lose to both hey. in person hey. on the road. So, yeah, hey, judge. there's almost everything I can say about <laughs> judge in I the was... back. He, he said he's confident. What do you say, Texan? 
Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I'm really curious. Who are they? I'm confused as hell. On the yeah. Where? I'm going to read them off to you right now. Good awesome. job, Coach. And Keith, though, you're up 2-0. Here are your best teams. You have the best winning percentage. Number one, the L.A. Chargers is the wow. team you're looking for. Eight and four all time against the Chargers. How about number three on this list was the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're five and three all time against the Jags. Number four, the team I can't stand, the J-E-T-S. Suck, suck, suck. Eight and five on this list for you guys are all time. And to finish things off, the other New York team, the New York Giants. You guys are 14 and 11 all time against the New York Giants. If you don't know, now you know. But I'll tell you what, Coach and Keith about to do a sweep if Ladarius and Blackberry don't step up. It's Coach and Ladarius for question three. Top five answers are on the board. Here is your question, and I'm going to stay with that with that theme with the winning percentage, but I'm going to go opposite. I want to know the teams you have the worst winning percentage against. <laughs> is it really only just five teams? Are you sure it's yeah. not more than five? <laughs> It's like the it's top good. averages. So, averages, okay. Uh, New England Patriots. The New no, England Patriots. That, oh, I got one. You ready? Not, not no go on New England. That was a no. Ladarius. I think was that you, Coach? You asked who said that, or was that Ladarius? That was Blackberry that said that. That was me that said oh, oh, <laughs> so that. was a disqualification automatic anyway. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I got to go on the other screen when this is going on, so I can't even <laughs> tell. All right, well, Blackberry, you took up Ladarius' turn. All right, Coach. I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I'm say Pittsburgh. <laughs> you said the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where you, where you at, Judge? <laughs> fired. Pittsburgh Steelers are on this list. They are number you guys, they're number two on this list list, actually. You're two fifteen and one all time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You guys got control. Can you close this out? Keith, what do you got next? So it is us. Yes, sir. Uh what's a new franchise? <laughs> uh, Let's go to the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. Sorry. Ooh, you got it at number four. The Ravens, you guys are two and five all time against Baltimore Ravens. Coach, you got another one? Chiefs. The Chiefs. Uh, five on this list. Uh, you guys are three and seven all time. So right now, all you're missing is number one and number three. Steve, what do you got, Keith? The Green Bay Packers. The Packers? All right, Coach, what do you got? 
49ers. The 49ers. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. This is hard. This is not an easy subject for sure. This is testing that fanhood. No, I don't know how the 49ers ain't one. Yeah, I don't know. I went over to NFC West. That's why I went. That's what I was thinking when I did that. All good. So, Blackberry and Ladarius, look, let me just paint this picture for you. There's not a lot of meat here. You guys got two ways to get back in this game. If you don't get it, you're out. It's over. Ladarius and Blackberry, talk it out. Tell me the team you have the worst winning percentage. Number one is up there. What you thinking, Ladarius? My initial thought was to stay in the NFC West, and and I was going to go Seattle. Seattle. But then, because the Green Bay was the first one I had, and it went off the board. Uh, Yeah, and I was thinking Cowboys. Keep it going. Hmm. (laughs) Hey, man. You call it, man. With your one, I, I got the last one wrong, so you can get. It. <laughs> uh, great, yeah. Put the onus on me. That's the way it works. <laughs> no stress. No stress. We're not. We're not winning yeah. anything here. So yeah. you're all right. You're all right. Hot potato. Okay, so, uh, want to go with Seattle? Let's do it. Let's go with Seattle. The Seattle Seahawks. You idiot. <laughs> Ooh, that that yeah. means a clean, sweet tonight. Age has its advantage. So let's go yeah. to let's go to the answers here. How about number one on this list? Coach, you actually said it before, but on the other side, it's the Colts. You guys are 215 wow. all time what? against. The Colts. Remember Julio yeah. dropping that yeah. wide open touchdown versus the Colts a few years If you think that hurts, how about number three? The Cleveland Browns. You guys are four and twelve all time against the Brownies. Well, they have a lot of good quarterbacks in their last, you know, two decades. So that makes yeah. sense. I don't think yeah. I've been alive long enough to see all those losses to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I don't like I said it the, like oh, I'm sorry, like he said, age has it, it its advantage. But no matter what, <laughs> tonight you guys are tonight's winners. Where to go, Coach? Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Using game play. These names, <laughs> these teams was weird. That's weird. <laughs> Holy hallelujah, we've done it. Batman. <laughs> For Ladarius, Ladarius already know, but Ladarius been on the show before. He kind of yeah. knows what's coming. Yeah. But I, I don't like what's coming up next. But Ladarius, <laughs> I've been there, Ladarius. I know. When you have a winner on our show, you ultimately have a loser. So you're telling me there's a chance. 
<laughs> you got new graphics for it though. Same year. Yeah, hey, it's a whole yeah. new year. It's a whole new year. But we got. I had to keep that song, bro. I found I that song. Yeah. I, I literally. And by the way, I think it, it's Bo Jackson. I've written to the sky so many times. I'm like, any. I just had this one little song up there. I'm like, listen, man. I love your song. We play it on our show all the time. He still don't respond to me, man. Come on, come home at me. Anyway, congratulations, guys. What a great game. You guys are great. Um, uh, we're going to take a commercial break and come back with our fantasy focus. But before we do that, this is the time where we're going to give you guys a chance to plug yourselves. That way, if you want to dip out there in a commercial, it's cool. Ladarius, I'll go to you first. Where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content, my friend? Uh, you can get all of it here. Uh, on my Twitter, you see Ladarius at Ladarius underscore Brown there on Twitter. And that's also I'm on TikTok as well. It's there's double underscore Brown on Instagram. I write for Sports Kita. They're featured writer there. I'm 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 everywhere. I'm masked everywhere. I sometimes I don't want to be hearing that music, but I, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Well, he is everywhere, and he is he's here for your articles. So go follow, subscribe, get all his great content. Blackberry, how about you, my friend? Where can we get all your great content? Uh, you can find me mostly on YouTube, Blackberry Larex. That's Blackberry, no C, just a K. You can find me like that on YouTube. That's Twitch, Twitter. That's also on um, uh, YouTube as well. So that's where you can find me at. And you can also find me on AFN, Atlanta Falcons Nation, where we like to cut up and we like to give you number but the stats, the facts, and the truth, baby. So that's where you can find me. Gotta love it. Go follow, subscribe, like, get all the great content from our boy. All right, Coach, how about you? Where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content? On YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me at Coach Unchained. Just type in Coach Unchained. You will find me. I'm there. I'm always there. I'm the Saturday morning, man. You want to tell me on Saturday morning? Come find me. I'm there. And also, same thing like Blackberry, AFN, man. Family strong. That's where we at. So. At I love it, man. We appreciate you being in and 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 representing the old heads tonight. How about Keith? Welcome in, my friend. We love having you. Where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great stuff? Sure. My Twitter handle, which is below, it's at Keith Fleming, all spelled out. That's K-E-I-T-H-F-L-E-M-M-I-N-G. I am the director of DFS content for Fantasy and Frames. It's a great website, great YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe to that. I also write and host a show on golf DFS and gambling for Fantasy Six Pack. I have a weekly article. It's at fantasysixpack.net. And again, the show is Two Off the Tee on Fantasy Six Pack's YouTube channel. Check that out. And then every Wednesday, I go on ESPN Northwest Florida Radio from uh, 1 p.m. Eastern to about 1.40 p.m. Eastern. Right now, we are talking golf. We do DFS and gambling. But uh, when football season rolls around, we're going to change along with it we'll go from doing all stuff to football try to give you the best dfs plays i can uh would appreciate the follow we had a great year last year on our daily fix show me and my buddy joe is a freaking genius a lot of uh long shots and a cheap play so if you play dfs be sure to check us out nice listen keith he's everywhere he's got golf he's got football he does it all keith by the way we got two golf shows on our network we need to get beyond those like anytime definitely. i've had a winner in six out of the last 10 events so i've been hot this year all right so yeah let's get our boy we gotta get you we gotta get some guys together here i love it all right so listen like i said you guys are more than welcome to stick around we're gonna deep dive into the atlanta falcons with some fantasy focus we're gonna take a quick break though and like i said if you want to dip out though we do appreciate you having you tonight 
Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money, up to $100 using our exclusive promo code? Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent Good girl. Well, I love it when we get back and the majority of the guests are in. All right, let's get it on. Let's get our fantasy focus on for the Atlanta Falcons. Well, if you can't tell by the graphics, someone's from Miami. All right, let's talk about those Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter. All right, so let's get into it, right? I mean, it's his show now. It's, there's no Marcus Mariota and halfway in, halfway out. He obviously gives you the advantage on the ground, too. He likes to run the football, obviously. Little bit of lacking a little bit with accuracy, a little bit, you know, again, but he's a rookie right now. As far as my fantasy QBs are concerned, if I'm going in, he's not a QB one for me. He's borderline a QB two, quite frankly, because this offense, like you guys talked about a lot, it's going to be for me a lot of run heavy. So I'm just not putting a lot of stock in Desmond Ritter this year. Justin, you've been sitting around the back. What do you, what do you say? Uh, got him at number 22 right now. I think it's got all the makings of a good year for him. Um, he's got B. John Robinson, who I think is going to be a stud. He's got uh, Drake London on the outside. He's got Kyle Pitts coming over the middle, who can also be a perimeter receiver. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, and a lot of people forget, you know, he's very capable as a running quarterback. So you can never discount the ability, the, the mobility aspect for these guys. And for me, I look at that and I go, okay, I can bump you up automatically over the Jimmy Garoppolo's, over the Mac Jones, over all these guys that kind of fill in the monotonous, you know, 20 to 30 range. And I can kind of find a little spot for you at the top of the 20 range with that 22. He's like, come on, come on, Desmond. I got a little spot for you up here. Like, come, come on, come up here. All right, Judge Jordan, what do you say, my friend? Unfortunately, I, I do not got a spot for Desmond Ritter that high. I've got him down at 26. Um, yeah, I, I get it. He he can run. Here's the thing I think about the Falcons is I feel like this offense is, is built to win right now. They've got pieces. They've got weapons. If he can step in and do the job, sure, he may shoot up that, that draft board. However, I think Taylor Heineke was a sneaky offseason pickup. And I think he is somebody that if Desmond Ritter falters, I am much more interested in as a streaming option in the second half of the season. I can't even believe you're serious. We could have gone out and got Lamar Jackson and we did it. That shows how much they want Ritter to be the let me Keith, let me let me help you with something right here. With this little tradition we have on our show.
We haven't had that in a couple episodes, so I'm, so I'm glad yeah, that I got well, to bring it back. And well-deserved. All right, Keith, what do you say? For me, you, you the answer is always yes. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I think that people are sleeping on Ritter as a fantasy QB. Look at what Mariota did fantasy-wise last year. The playbook did not change that much once Ritter took over. And Mariota was a borderline QB1. I have him around like QB 16, 17 preseason. But if he ends up being a much better passer than Mariota, he could end up being a real sleeper uh, this year. Because, again, he's got two great weapons in London and Pitts. We know they're going to run the ball. They should score points. That's something the Falcons have done under Arthur Smith uh, every year. And if, say, he's running for – I don't know, 20, 30 yards a game. That's huge. We saw it with Mariota last year. Those, you know, those extra points, particularly in the standard leagues, are so big. If he gets a couple of rushing touchdowns here and there, which Mariota did last year, that's so big. I'm not saying that, you know, obviously he's not a top 10 quarterback or anything like that, but I do think there's a good chance he could up being like that fringe QB1 uh, by the end of the year or, you know, even earlier if the offense is as good as I think it's going to be and he's able to complete passes, which is a very uh, valid concern that you made. His accuracy is an issue, but we've learned with Josh Allen and other guys that it you can improve accuracy in the NFL. We used to think you couldn't. That's not true anymore. And also, if you have good play callers, you put QBs in positions to where they can complete more passes. And you know what helps complete passes? When you got receivers that are 6'4 and 6'5, like Drake London and Cal Pitt. So uh, I, I do think that Ritter is actually a pretty safe QB in the range he's going in. And I think he has a much higher upside than the QBs around him. I like it. Blackberry, what say you? <clears throat> well, I don't know where I put him at as far as fantasy quarterbacks goes, but I will tell fantasy players this I play a little bit of fantasy. I tell you, I, I say this, he's going to score touchdowns. He's going to score on the ground. He's going to score in the air as well. He's not going to air it out, score touchdowns, but he's going to be reliable in red zone situations uh, on his feet or with his arm. The guy has moxie, y'all. He knows how to score touchdowns. So I'm seeing anywhere between six to eight rushing touchdowns at the, towards the end of the season and somewhere around, I don't know, maybe 18 to 22 passing touchdowns. That's what I'm looking at. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to be reliable with protecting the ball. He's not going to lose you many points. He's only going to get you points. So that's what I give you. I love it. I love it. Ladaris, what do you say? Blackberry's point there, Jalen Hurts had that same formula, finished QB 9. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100. Absolutely. I like that. Mariota, I believe, was QB 12 or 13 when he lost the job, and he couldn't throw a pass to anybody, but just because the little bit of running and again, a good offense. I like it. I like it. Right Arthur Smith made Ryan Tannehill a QB. Exactly. Too, so. yep. <laughs> Very good point. And if he can make Ryan Tannehill, now, let's, let's <laughs> what do you say? Hey, Matt Ryan looked good. And look what, you know, I mean, again, Ryan was washed. We learned that when he got to Indy. <laughs> Ladarius, how about you? Right, where you got him at? Um, you know what? I'm I'm kind of where Justin is actually. You know, I have him in the twenty, but I think there's potential for him to be a top fifteen quarterback. I think, I think all of you alluded to the point of of his versatility. I think you know being kind of having that having some good wheels kind of helps you as a fantasy quarterback to get those extra yards, extra points. And you know what's interesting to me is that when I look back and I and I think I talked about this earlier, 
like you know, it's it's not a lot on tape. Those four games, but I I saw enough where listen, if if the accuracy can be improved, and like Keith said, we've seen we've seen that hey, accuracy something maybe 15, maybe 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have said no. But now when we see guys like the Josh Allens of the world and that guy's a perennial MVP candidate and he can improve his accuracy, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Ritter's going to be like a top 5, 10 guy. But like like I say, Ritter has the pieces around him. And I think that is key if you want to help your quarterback get the pieces. You got Bijan. Bijan's going to more than likely, like that Luther earlier, he's going to probably kind of, Bounce more on the outside. He's going to probably be a like a receiver type player. You got Pitts, and you got, and then you get, you know, it, I, and also you know you look at the you know Mac Collins. Like, listen, I'm not saying Mac Collins. I'm not going to say they're going to set the world on fire. But He's better than the midgets we had last year. Exactly. So, if, so when you have that sort of, you know, getting the ball to them makes it a little bit more easier for a guy second year in the league. I think that his, you know, at the worst, he's a QB maybe 22, 23, but there's a ceiling for him to be maybe a QB in the top QB 15 at, at season 10. I love it. I love it. And um, I just want to say I saw Coach's comment. Thank you, Coach. We do appreciate you being in. He said it's family dinner time. I just want to know what's for dinner, Coach. You just look like you're eating good tonight, whatever it is. I just know <laughs> Coach is eating good, right? He just looks yeah. like he's eating good, whatever it is. All right, let's get it on. Let's talk about the – Running back position, the meat and potatoes of this, as Keith alluded to, you guys have a identity here, and it's the running back, the run first position here. Bijan Robinson, you got a young workhorse. That's all there is to it. The consensus number one RB all the way around. Listen, we got a lot of people in the house. I don't like to sit here and waste my breath. And there's no reason for me to. This guy is going to be money when it matters all season long. They're going to ride him out. I got him as my RB number eight. You still have Tyler Algier and Corderell Patterson. From what I understood and what I read, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but they were going to line up Corderell a lot more as a receiver is from what I understood. So I didn't see him eating into Bijan as much as maybe Tyler Algier will, but I still see Bijan being that big-time workhorse. He's young. Why not? Let's get it on. Justin, what say you? This team led the league in rushing attempts last year. It's very likely that both Algier and B. John have very good seasons this year. I got B. John at running back two overall. And it's because generational talents tend to do really well in their first year. You look at Saquon Barkley, he finished fourth. Ezekiel Elliott, he finished two. Even you look at some of the guys who weren't nearly as spectacular but got drafted really high. Leonard Fournette finished eighth. You know, these are guys that kind of really changed the game when they and changed their teams when they came in. That's kind of the role that I see B. John Robinson having. Now, I think Tali Algier will definitely have a role in this offense. He might be more of a touchdown gobbler near the um, near the end. And I'll just say this: you know, I can see Algier finishing at 37, and that's where I have him right now. I can see him being a very solid. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I need to get to a crab house and give me some. I was, I was just going to wait till you're done. I was going to talk about it. Go ahead. 
<laughs> well, you, you you put the point I, in and everything, <laughs> drawing attention to it. We get it, bro. I get interrupted. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'd rather be eating that food too than listen to me talk. How <laughs> was my stomach talking, Justin? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, uh, late night munchies. The gummies will do that to you. I understand. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty much finished up. B. John's going to be two. Algier, I got 37. I think Algier is still a fine flex pick. Yeah. In fact, he, to me, this year reminds me of the years that, you know, when you had the Chubb and Kareem Hunt almost. I mean, he's like that guy that you need to pick up. If you're definitely going B. John, you got to pick up Algier. And guess what? You might have some decent little games just throwing him in your flex spot sometimes. So, Jay, uh, Judge, what do you say? So I, I feel like Justin like broke into my locker, you know, Tom Brady style and stole the stole the playbook because <laughs> look, man, Bijan Robinson RB one season incoming. I have him as RB number one overall. He's healthier than Christian McCaffrey. He's better than Austin Eckler. The Atlanta Falcons absolutely love running the ball. They have turned um people like Cordero Patterson as well as Tyler Algier, who I really don't think are that all that great into really good viable fantasy assets. I'm a Longhorn fan. Bijan Robinson is absolutely the real deal. He's the best thing to come through that school since Vince Young. Um, Justin literally took everybody off of my sheet except for Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. Those top-end running backs, they produce right away, and usually it's one of the better seasons of their career. Give me all the Bijan. If he's on the clock and Justin Jefferson is not on that draft board, I'm picking him every single time. Ooh-wee. Listen, let me ask you this, though, because it sounded like you were correcting me there. Is it Cordell? I thought it was Corderell. Cordero, Corderell. I've heard right, Cordero. Cordero. You know, what? you know, what? I think from now, I think from now on, I think from now on, he deserves the respect. Let me just go and call him Mr. Patterson up in here. Right, I'll, I'll does say that this. remind you of Corduroys or something? Corderell is how you said it uh, one After- time. After this season, you'll never have to talk about Cordero Patterson again. So it doesn't really matter. Bijan Robinson to the moon. I disagree with you a little. I think we're going to still see a little bit of little magic from Mr. Patterson. All right, Black Bear, what do you say, friend? <laughs> um, I think Tyler Algier is actually sneaky, sneaky good, man, uh, for you fantasy uh, folks. Let, uh, I want people to re- remember something here. If you didn't know, in college, he actually had more receiving yards than B. John Robinson. And in this offense with um, Arthur Smith, you never know what direction they're going to hit you in. Whether you can have Tyler Jill have a, have a game where he shows out in the passing game. He might tear up the field in the running game most of the season, but they might have a game where they sneak him out there in some flats, sneak him out there up some seams. You never know. The, everybody in this backfield is capable. Uh, this offensive line for the Falcons is going to make everybody in the backfield look really good. They're going to make them look even better than what they are. And everybody back there is already really good. So fantasy-wise, I mean, you really can't go wrong with anybody. Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, uh, especially B. John Robinson, who we know is going to be dynamic. And, I mean, it was a point last season where Caleb Huntley, and uh, t- uh, Tyler Algier, 
together they was ripping teams apart. I mean, they both had really they consecutive weeks for about three or four consecutive weeks before Caleb Huntley got hurt. They were tearing it up in fantasy. So you really can't go wrong with anybody in this backfield. I agree 100%. Ladarius, how about you? Uh, you know what? I I really like Algier, but, you know, the Bijan Robinson, because to me, I don't think they necessarily clash against one another because I think, like like mentioned earlier, I think Bijan's not going to be as much in the backfield as much as Al, Algier's going to be the guy in the backfield given his 1,000-yard season. And last season, it's just going to be interesting to me how Arthur Smith divvies up the snaps that Bijan gets this season. That, to me, is going to be the key. I'm going to assume that he's going to get a, his fair share of the workload, and it's going to be interesting to see now we have Cordero going on the outside. That kind of opens up a little bit more. And you kind of look at Algier. I think Algier is a guy, like I say, sneaky 1,000-yard season last year. And he, he's not really a threat in the passing game. But the way Arthur Smith is building this team, he's made it clear that he's going just to move things around. It's going to be a little unconventional. I mentioned earlier, it kind of reminds me of positionless. Like, it's like basketball when we talk about positions, where it's kind of feel like it's positionless, where it's just by we just say they're a running back, but really you can put Bijan, put him out there, and that guy can go out there and make some big plays in the passing game. So I just look at and I go back, listen, I just think that Algier is not one to be ignored in this. And Cordell Patterson, even at 30 – I think he's, 30, he's going to be 32 going into the season. He's still about – I tell people, listen, he's still – he's for the Met receiver, he was a pretty good receiver. I'm not saying he was, he was a pretty good solid receiver before he came to Atlanta. He goes kind of go back to kind of help that off the wide receiving core. It kind of rounds up the offense, and I think Bijan would, would be the main beneficiary, beneficiary and kind of complement Algier as well in the running game. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Keith, what do you say? I think that people are sleeping on Algier, and he's actually the better value in fantasy drafts uh, than Bijan. I mean, you look last year, the Falcons had four different runners, if you include the QB, that had 75-plus carries. They're going to use all four backs. Uh, I actually think that the guy's talking about him in the passing game. I do think in PPR leagues, I would take Bijan, you know, with the number one or number two pick. I'd be a little nervous to take him in a traditional league as the number one or number two pick because I do think Cordell Patterson is still going to be using the red zone because Arthur has loved both years giving the ball to Cordell when we get in close because he's such a massive guy. And Algier was so good down the stretch. I mean, he had 220-yard games in his last four. And a reminder, we had a rookie QB, and Drake London was literally the only receiver out there. So teams were – zoning in on the run and he was just running the ball down their throat it's amazing to watch him i I understand if you don't watch falcons games you don't get it that dude never goes down on the first guy that hits him or usually even the second and he's gonna get you three four yards every single time he touches the ball i would be shocked if he doesn't get at least 10 to 15 carries every game if he ends up being the guy in the red zone, I think some people are going to be a little disappointed that say they took Bijan with the first or second pick and they could have got Algier, say, you know, the sixth or seventh round. And the point differential is not that different. And again, I am not knocking Bijan. He's unbelievable, but we don't know 
how they're going to use him yet. I think it's going to be a lot of receiving. I mean, from what I've heard from camp and stuff, they're using him in a lot of receiving drills, and he's showing that off left and right. And, again, Arthur Smith is as brilliant of a – I really do think that play caller as there is in the NFL. And, again, we're talking about, well, how can we get Ritter going? What's a good way to do that? Throwing short little passes to a guy with the athletic ability of a B. John Robinson that can take a two-yard pass and turn it into a 40-yard play. So I just, again, if it's a non-PPR league, I just would be a little bit careful because I don't know, like, how many carries he's going to get per game, how many red zone touches, et cetera. But for Algier, I'm loading up on him this year. Like, in every draft I've had this year, I'm not afraid to take him after, like, the fourth or fifth round because, I mean, injury, obviously he'd be a huge guy to have, but I think he's going to get it because, I mean, again, last year, Algier, 200 carries. Patterson, 144. Mariota, 85. Caleb Huntley, 76. He likes to move it around. And for what they're trying to do, which is control the clock, that's the easiest way to do it, right? You keep the fresh guy going. You keep moving the change. keep entering them in and out. So just be careful with the, you know, the Bijan. I don't know if he's going to be quite the workhorse that everybody thinks he is, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be incredible. Yeah, I love it. I love the take there, Keith. Got to keep your eyes on that. Matt Mike Sports checking amazing content. I, we're loving your vibe too. If you're if you're watching, go on to Matt Mike's page as well. Go follow, subscribe, get all his great content as well. Let's go on to the receiver position. And listen, I got one name for you. It's Drake London, right? I mean, yeah. right now. And listen again. This is what makes this uh, summer tour interesting for us. As we go and look at these teams, Traylon Burks is on those in the same situation as pretty much Drake London, but maybe even a little better with the QB situation. Um, Drake London right now, it's Drake London, Matt Collins, Scotty Miller. I mean, it's Drake London, right? Or it's really uh, as it's London Pitts. Right. That's what I was about to say. And Robinson. I earlier. think you're going to be one, two, three in targets this year. I really do. I literally was about to say, as you alluded to earlier, it's more Drake and Pitts is really it. So receiver position-wise, you got to like where he's sitting right now. I got him 19th overall. Ooh, I yeah. could see him going up. Could you know? I basically because again, looking at the at where this Atlanta team sits, as Keith alluded to earlier, I don't know how much this defense has improved from last season. So what does that mean? you're going to have to eventually start throwing it to get into these football games when you face some of these teams. So, again, I like the chances of Drake London to be that big dude. And, again, he finished last year a wide receiver 43, right? Again, we all know the woes of the receiver of, excuse me, the quarterback position last year. But I know Keith has got a bunch of great stats he's going to throw at you about Drake, so I'm not going to bore you with mine. Let's go on to Justin first. <laughs> what do you say, my friend? Where you got Drake? So I'll bore you with my stats here. Um, so I was not a fan of him coming out of USC, and I'll tell you why. Because when you look at all the tape on him in USC, you see the glaring hole is that he's not a good route runner and his separation is terrible. And so I looked it up. His separation last year ranked 79th in the league. That's not very good. Um, his contested catch rate, now, albeit I will say this, his target quality rate was 27. So obviously this guy was not good getting any good targets from Mariota or Ritter, but who knows that could carry over too. his contested catch rate was 30 for, or was 31%. That's 83rd in the league. I mean, this guy's supposed to be six, four. He's supposed to be able to go up and get the ball. And he was doing it at a clip of about one in every three times. So 
for me, I'm looking at this, and then I'm looking at this offense kind of shrinking. You know, what if B. John Robinson is also a designated kind of like slot receiver type person? You know what I mean? Like, what if he is the guy that's just the check down guy who's getting all the targets? Where's that targets going to come from? Is it going to come from Pitts and come from London? Is going to be a little bit of each? And then you have to look at this offense's structure. Arthur Smith, he's a run genius, but that's it. Like, you look at his past in Tennessee. You look at his past this last year. What did he do? He loves to run the ball four to 500 times a year. Like, he loves running backs. That's why he went out and got a second one. That's why he went out and got a second, like, or he got a first-round pick to go along with uh, Tyler Algier, who just had 1,000 yards. Because he's probably going to run the ball, try and run the ball like four to 600 times this year. So for me, I'm looking at this as Drake London is probably a really valuable wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and you really shouldn't pay up for him. I think that the hype behind him this year is probably going through the roof. Um, I'm not going to pay up for him. You guys can have him at your wide receiver one prices. I'm going to stick at wide receiver 28. So um, I, I wish I I'm gonna get the sound effect. Womp 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 womp. womp. <laughs> That's all I just heard right now. Let's go, Jordan. What do you say? <laughs> I really like Drake London coming out of uh, college, and I, again, man, I really like everything about this Falcons offense except for that quarterback. And you guys made some really good points earlier, and I think I'm gonna move him from 26 on my list to 28th on my list uh, as far as quarterbacks. I just don't believe in Ritter. And because of that, I can't put all of my faith in um, either Kyle Pitts or um, Drake London. And so I still have him as as wide receiver 22. I still think he's a respectable play. And I think he's going to have some pop games because I do believe in the kid's talent. But I'm not expecting him to be an every week starter in my fantasy lineup. Nice. All right. Well, Ladarius, let's go to you. You know, if you look at Drake London last season, he had 117 targets, I believe, last season. And he had 72 receptions. Drake London does have value. Now, the question becomes, and I think it's alluded to here, how many of those targets now shift toward Bijan Robinson? Because essentially, like I said, it, it really depends what the way Arthur Smith has structured this office. It feels like Bijan's going to be more, a little bit more of a receiver than he's going to be of a runner. Now, does Drake loses a little value, but I don't really lose the whole lot of value. And with that being said, I kind of have him in that wide receiver, maybe 20 to 25 range. Because I, 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 I just believe in Drake. And like I said, you know, I heard Justin's amazing stats about the separation and you know i i and all of that jazz you know and, and and like i say all that's true but the reality is he's the guy and the reality is desmond ritter you uh, there's some sort of connection it's something there and i feel like it's hard to miss a guy drinks london size so it's just a matter of how many targets is, is he going to get 170 117 targets this year uh, i don't know like I say, I think some of that kind of gets divvied up now. But the reality is I still think he's a vibe option. I think he could have low wide receiver two, could be a sneaky wide receiver one guy. Arthur Smith, I think Arthur Smith is going to just figure it out offensively, and I think Keith has said it. Great offensive mind. 
he's going to figure out everyone's going to eat. Here's a whole big piece of cake. Everyone's going to get a, at least a slice. Some slices may be bigger than others, but there will be slices to be given out. Keith, I'm ready for your stats to counter Justin. I'm going to sit back and let's hear it. So he had six or more targets in 12 games last year uh, with Marcus Mariota as quarterback, and we knew they weren't throwing the football. He was 21st in air yards, which, again, Marcus Mariota, I think he was near the top and I realized air yards. That's not a surprise. He saw 15 red zone targets. Again, when we got in the red zone, we were running. So that means when they were throwing in the red zone, they were going to Drake London a lot. And he I really disagree about like the the separation. He in college was always open. And it's hard to believe a guy six foot four is open all the time. It's just like last year. It's hard to believe a guy that big is going to end up catching, you know, what, 70-something passes as a rookie with Marcus Mariota as his quarterback. The games, once once Mariota was gone, he went nuts. We know him and Ritter have a connection. And, again, I, I get that Pitts was out for that, and that's a very fair thing. But London is going to lead this team in targets. He's going to lead this team in receptions. And unless Cal Pitts just has a monster year, he's going to leave it in yards and I think in touchdowns. And I I, I appreciate the guys, you know, saying the Falcons D is going to be good. No, it's not. We're going to be bad on defense again. We're not going to be able to get at the quarterback. I don't really like the moves. I like, I like Bates. I like some of the kids that they've got in the last couple of years, but I still think you, you got to pressure the quarterback. You got to stop the run. We can't do either of that. And I don't think a 37 year old pass rusher is going to make us rush the passer any better. And I don't think we have an answer yet for the run game. I mean, we, we gave up 4,500 yards on the ground the last two years. And that's where my frustration was with the Bijan pick. It's like, okay, so Jalen Carter, a definite difference maker on the run game. Is right there. We've gave up 4,500 yards the last two years. We've rushed for about 3,500 with six round picks and guys that never played running back. And we're going to take Bijan. He's a luxury. We don't. We're the Falcons. We can't. We can't afford luxuries. But anyway, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked there. We're going to. We're going to give up points, and it's going to mean we're in a lot of high scoring games. And I think Falcons players across the board on offense, like they're going to be great for fantasy. They really are. Uh, and, and not to mention the schedule is cake. Uh, some of the defenses we're playing this year are not good, like not good. We're going to be playing like the Titans who last year were just any team that played against them. You want to throw for 300 yards and have a receiver have 200 yards receiving, play the Titans. Uh, you know, the division, I don't know how good the, the defenses in the division are. Saints are kind of falling off. I do think the Panthers might be legit. Tampa Bay, their defense is kind of falling off. Uh, between the schedule and everything and the fact that we're going to give up points like we are, that's it's we're at least another year away, I believe, before we're going to be a good defense. But I think our offense is going to score plenty of points. And Drake London is he's going to get peppered with targets. He averaged 11 targets in the four games he played with Desmond River. He averaged seven receptions. He had almost 100 yards receiving per in those games. Again, I know Pitts is out, so take a little percentage of that. But if you're telling me a guy's going to average 7.5 targets a game and four and a half receptions uh, and see basically a red zone target every single game, a little bit more than that, sign me up. Like, I mean, I'm not saying take him, you know, above the top 15 receivers in the game. But, yeah, I would much rather have him than Traylon Burks and a lot of these other guys 
because his only real competition for the numbers that really matter, which is throwing the ball down the field, red zone touchdowns as Cal Pitts, and as high as I am on him, we have to see. We've seen London and Ritter together. We know they work. We know they have a connection. I, I think London's going to have a really good year. I think he's a great receiver. I don't think he got enough, uh, you know, of the love that the other receivers did last year because he did that with Marcus Mariota. Mariota was so bad. 31st in completion percentage, 31st in uh, passing yards, 34th in money throws. There was 33 QBs, more than franchises that made money throws than Marcus Mariota. Uh it's going to be better. I'm not saying Virgil's going to be great, but he's going to be better in Mariota. Falcons passing game is going to be better. And I think offense, again, it's going to be great. Take London, take picks, take Robinson, and take Al Jew. And, I mean, you'll be happy. Black Bear, what do you say, my friends? <laughs> well, um, Keith, my brother, I, I, I agree with you on a lot of what you said, but defensively, I don't know how we're not much better with Ryan Milson. Uh, who, whose defense is in this with the skanks with the New Orleans skanks? <laughs> average forty six a, a season for six seasons, uh, and then we got we got guys that he's used to working with. Plus, we went and got other acquisitions. So I disagree with you there. But as far right. as yeah, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just no, looking I'm at you know you know the he's proven the guys that they brought in are proven. You can only get better. Um, but <clears throat> as far as Drake London goes, uh, Drake London is one of those receivers who's in a system where you really have to be paying attention to this offense to see his value. Um, and then I encourage everybody to completely disregard all of the games last season outside of the last four because Marcus Mariota was totally incompetent of throwing the football. He couldn't throw it to receivers. He couldn't throw it around receivers. He couldn't throw it over. He couldn't do nothing right. So, but the last four games, um, Desmond Ritter and Drake London, like Keith explained, you can see their camaraderie. You can see the chemistry that they have with one another. And not having Kyle Pitts, of course, Drake London was going to get targeted a lot more on third downs. He was getting targeted a lot more in the red zone, and he was he was catching balls, man. He was. I think this season he's going to be just as valuable in the red zone. He's a in college he had the most contested catches out of anybody in NCAA football. He's very good at going up and getting the ball. Um, as far as separation goes, I do think he's sneaky athletic in his routes he can get some separation i ain't saying he out there getting separation like tyree hill but he's out there getting said he he can get enough separation where his big body is an issue for corners and for safeties so um i think in the red zone see the falcons are going to be down there quite a bit because of the running game uh we were 10th and third down uh conversion percentage last season and we were damn good at uh, scoring in the red zone. So Drake London was a big part of that. So you can count on Drake London to get your touchdowns in the red zone, and you can count on him to convert third downs for you and extend drives. So he's going to be valuable. If you see his value in fantasy, it's there a little bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't start him, but I damn sure have him on my team if it means him scoring touchdowns because that's what he's going to do. 
You know, Blackberry, it sounded like a minute ago you were making the case for Marcus Mariota to be the Sam I am of the NFL with the he cannot throw it here, throw it there, or throw it anywhere. All right, let's finish throw it anywhere. (laughs) Let's finish this bad boy up. We'll be here all night. Let's talk about the tight ends and defenses. Might as well wrap it all up in into one. Because quite frankly, we'll go with the defense first. I'm not drafting them. But I will look for them later on matchup-wise. Because as Keith alluded to earlier, there are some juicy matchups in this Falcon schedule. So again, I'm looking at them for the stream option um, when they play the teams like Texans and stuff like that as they go through the AFC South especially. So again, kind not really on my radar to draft, however. Kyle Pitts. Definitely on my radar. Let me make that real easy for you guys. I got him as tight end number five. We've been talking about him all night. He's receiver number two effectively. He's kind of in that chig role where, again, we're kind of comparing the Titans offense to this Atlanta offense because it's almost pretty much the same setup as far as um, playmakers are concerned a little bit. Obviously, Atlanta having a lot more. I shouldn't really say that. Uh, But Kyle Pitts, you got to like him a lot this year. Um, Coming back healthy. Going to be, again, get that rhythm going with Desmond Ritter this year. I like Kyle Pitts to bounce back. Number five, my tight end. Justin, what say you? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to – I'm actually going to be bold here. I'll draft the Falcons tie, or Falcons defense because, honestly, like, you guys have sold me on the Falcons defense over here. You guys <laughs> are great salesmen. You should go out there and start doing real estate because you'd sell the fucking world. Because you guys have sold me that the Falcons defense in no way, shape, or form can be nearly as bad. And I, you know what? It is it is kind of a lot like Tennessee. I wonder why that is. Where they had a really good defense, an amazing run game, and then they had passing options when they needed to pass it out there. So if you guys can become the Tennessee effectively of your southern division, the NFC South, then you guys can be golden for a couple years. Um I will definitely take them as a flyer defense because I love to get defenses really late anyways. And if I can get the Atlanta Falcons and they cash money for me, I'm going to take it all day long. And then Kyle Pitts, tight end seven. I feel like he's still got something to prove in this league. I think he's a very talented player. Uh, I think he's more talented than Drake London and really should be the wide receiver one on that team. But – that's not how it works. You need to play. You need to stay on the field. You need to not prove prove that you're not injury prone, and you know put up some numbers to get uh, qualified as the technical wide receiver one. So I think he can be the tight end seven. This, he can be tight end one this year if he really wants to be. But I think tight end seven is a very respectable number for him, considering the offense, considering it flows really through the running game more than anything else, and considering Travis Kelsey is still in the game. Yeah, and like to Maggie T, Maggie T, gee, I can't spit that out. Maggie T Productions point, um, Pitts is hungry. And you were alluding to her earlier, like with him wanting something to prove this season. So listen, by the way, big shout out to Maggie T. Go follow, subscribe, get all her great content as well. We appreciate her. Jordan, what say you, my friend? So I am right in between you and Justin on this one. I have him as tight end six. Um I really love Kyle Pitts this season, particularly because I feel like his draft stock has fallen. And 
out of all the tight ends in this range, this is the only guy who can put up that tight end one season. Um, this guy has the talent to be in that Kelsey, that Kittle, that Andrews, you know, insert top tight end here. I love Kyle Pitts and everything about him. Again, I think you got to discount him and knock him down a couple pegs because of Ritter. But that kid can catch fire and he can absolutely be tight end number one. And as far as the defenses go, I'm, I'm dead on with you guys here. I'm going to be working very heavily in the streaming defenses in the NFC South for all those matchups against the Texans, for all those matchups against the Colts. Whoever draws that matchup this week, I'm in on it. I'm going to be playing all of y'all in a rotation. No, it's true. We, that's why I said we, that's why we do these tours, man. That's all I've been talking about. We've been talking about these defenses all week. Like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> I feel educated going into my drafts now. I know what defenses I'm looking for, for sure. Well, uh, let's go start with Blackberry. Talk about the uh, tight end and defense. What do you think? Uh, tight end, I think Kyle Pitts, tight end one, man. He's going to come back hard, going to come back strong, dedicated, motivated, inspired to be him best self. He's going to be him best self all season long. I really believe that. Um, You're going to see him be used a lot like how Kansas City uses Travis Kelsey. Um, Of course, we know that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when you got an incompetent quarterback trying tr- trying to attempt to throw you the ball, uh, and then you get hurt, and all you can do is just wait on next season. So I think he's going to come back with a chip on his shoulder. I think he's hearing a lot of the buzz about how he's uh, – he's, he's – um, you know, he, he's not living up to expectations, playing up to expectations, and – I think he's going to have a giant chip on his shoulder. He's tight end one in my book. And defensively, I think we'll, this this defense is going to be very much improved, like I explained before. We got guys on this defense that are proven. We got coaches that are going to be coaching these guys up that are proven. Jerry Gray, former All-Pro All, uh, All player, All-American, Super Bowl champ. I mean, he's a champion. He's, I mean, the dude. And then – He's the reason why Jair Alexander became Jair Alexander in Green Bay. He's the reason for that. Um, he's gonna be the quarterback whisperer. Ryan Nielsen, he's the he's the uh pressure whisperer for defense. He knows how to get pressure on every angle at every level. Uh defensively, you can draft this defense and you can count on them to give you some quality points. I love it. I love it. Ladarius, finish us off, my friend. Where do you got him at? Well, listen, I think top five, potential top tight end one. I think, you know, I watched him. I'm a, I'm a Florida Gator fan. I've seen Kyle Pitts enough in my lifetime to know he's going to be good. I see, Listen, I, I get that thumbs down a lot, too. But <laughs> but I when I watch him, I think if we get that rookie season Kyle Pitts this year, that that's a tight end one. And I think given the way, and we've talked about Arthur Smith and we talked about how the moving pieces and how he's going to use certain players, Kyle Pitts is definitely a guy. He's going to compete with Drake London for those targets. And listen, he had 59 targets in 10 games. So he was averaging close to, he so imagine if he stayed healthy for a full season, he would have probably got, probably got his hundred targets. So, that's the upside there. But when I look at this defense, I'm excited for this defense. And I'm especially – I think one of the best picks I think Terry Fontenot did get Clark Phillips out of Utah. 
this guy was the Pac-10, excuse me, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And this guy fell on the draft board. And you put him in that secondary. And I and I just went, boy, I, I can see some good things going there. And then when I look at, you know, at David Oyamata, Kaden Ellis. <laughs> ah, man, I'm getting it everywhere. I see, I see Justice 28 to 3. I see the Florida thing. I got the music earlier. The second time I'm on the show, I get the music again. That's the real nightmare right there. When they ask, what keeps you up at night? And it's just me. It's just a mirage in the background of all of those things. Just, it just happens. Like I'm like a, look, I'm at the president looking at the window of the White House. <laughs> nope, the village is not my problem. I can't get over twenty to three. No, but but when I look at this defense, it should be much better. Like I said, Clark Phillips and I think Yamada, Kate Nellis. To me, I think this defense can't be any worse than it was in years past. So I think with the upside and plus who we're gonna, I think division wise. I think we're going to. I'm, 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 I'm not saying top 15 defense, but we're going to be significantly better because I felt we addressed the needs that this offseason, getting Jesse Bates, we addressed, we addressed the core of our problem. Too many passing yards. We kind of gave, we finally gave Grady Jarrett some help in the interior. So I, I think the defense is kind of on the rise. And, you know, if we could even become a middle of the road type of defense, I think it, it makes that team that much better given how offensively great we are going to be. Offensively great has been the theme tonight. I appreciate you guys. Listen, I also want to give a big shout-out to the AFN Nation. Boy, they brought it tonight. They're all up in the comments bringing the thunder. Boy, we appreciate you. If you would, do us a solid. Hit subscribe. Hit like. You are already in the comments. We appreciate that. And hit that notifications bell. We're not done with our summer tour. Next week, we're going to the NFC North. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Actually, I take it back. We're going AFC North. I messed that up. All right. Well, listen, it's 4th of July weekend. So at the very least, enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Monday with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We appreciate you. And we are out.